Hi, and welcome everyone to the Creative Cast. My name is Lucas Hellman, and today we have on the show uh, a good friend from my family, someone that has dedicated the better part of his life to the world uh, and craft of photography. Um, someone that has uh, learned many great, valuable lessons along the way. My Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you a lot, Lucas. Nice to be here and back in Düsseldorf again, where it all started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, maybe to start off, um, I would love you to introduce yourself so okay. the people know who you are and tell us a little bit of what are you doing currently. Okay, where do I start? Uh, not right at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I was born. <laughs> I was born. Uh, I think we can leave that, but... Um, Originally, I'm from England, and I live in Germany now in Cologne. I started off in Düsseldorf many years ago after studying photography and arts and all the stuff that one had to study in those days to get some sort of education and some, some direction in life, mm -hmm. not knowing who on earth was going to pay for what we learned there, Pretty much, uh, which I think is a problem today anyway for a lot of people who study and don't know who's going to give me money and how am I going to make a living out of it. Sure, change a lot. So for me, it's uh, absolutely wonderful to be back in Düsseldorf again, which is not far from where I live. I live in Cologne, which is only a half an hour or so, three quarters of an hour away. Mm -hmm. And uh, many years ago, I started off in Düsseldorf as an assistant. I was still studying. I got the opportunity to study with a, uh, to work for, as an assistant for a car photographer. And from there on, uh, I was sort of introduced to different photographers and I worked freelance. I finished my studies, although they did try to persuade me to uh, become a photographer and work in the cellar with my own studio and my own clients, which I denied because I wanted to finish my studies. I think that was one of the most important things that I did was to finish my studies and at least have one thing in life that was mine, mm. although... I've never shown these papers again. I've never needed anybody. Or nobody's ever needed to see if I was good or if I was bad or if I'm middle, whatever. But it was something that I had in my heart and I kept for myself. And it's uh, always been a nice thing that at least I finished one thing. There's so many, as a child, there's so many things you start and never finish. Mm -hmm. And um, that was one thing that was mine. And it was a nice thing for my parents too, to at least know that he's on the right way okay, and not just doing jobs for money. Mm. Sort of gave you like a sense of accomplishment. That's right. Um, so here and there, you must excuse my English because I've been living in Germany now for so many years that mm -hmm. sometimes I'm missing a word and they're <laughs> not finding the right one. So I might even take a German word to put in between whatever happens. I'd love that. So I think it's <laughs> nice. I don't have the opportunity to speak to many English people at the moment, so hmm. Hmm. it rusts up a little bit. Oh, come on, you're being too harsh <laughs> with yourself. Um, I started off in Dusseldorf to become a photographer, a mm. professional photographer, not realizing that for one day you sort of stop assisting for other people and somebody gives you a job that you earn money for, mm. with, and uh, you're able to sort of suddenly do your own job and interpret things in your own way. Yeah. Uh, and I started off to become a photographer in Dusseldorf and later I had to be a photographer to be able to live in Dusseldorf mm. because in Dusseldorf 
living is very expensive, yeah, very as expensive. you most probably know. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, what time are we talking about? I finished 75, 90, so I'm a little bit older now. Oof, okay. So it was just shortly after Shakespeare died. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So people know, you know, what year we are talking about. Yes, right now. I'm 69 now, mm. or will be in August. Very young, very young. You look, you look so fresh this Thank morning. Thank you. Stop, <laughs> we'll stop here now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> At least I don't have a big stomach, so I feel very healthy and strong. Uh, I'm still doing my job, which is a wonderful privilege to be doing. Mm. Uh, how about that um, evolution from your first assistant jobs to um, the type of work you're doing currently? The evolution, I don't quite know what you mean. I'll, I'll try to interpret it. The, the first jobs I did, I did it full as an assistant um, with a lot of, what do you call it, um, Passion? A lot of passion, yes. I tried to be good for the photographers. I tried to be there for the photographers. Yeah. I tried to know what he wants next. I tried to look over his shoulder and see what's not right in the set and tell mm -hmm. him, but in a nice, discreet way, without the client realizing that the assistant saw things that the photographer didn't see. And I was a, I was going to put it as a... I was, I was a, an assistant, and I was a good assistant. Mm -hmm. And I worked for, I would say, in law for all the important photographers that were around, men and women. I worked for still life, I worked for cars, I worked for fashion, I worked for people jobs, advertising, and I was always in the advertising part of photography. I was never in um, art. Mm. Art in I such see. a way, I did a lot, I've worked a lot for artists, mm. of course, but, uh, and then I did a lot of jobs in the south of France as an assistant, for big companies like Mercedes, not my client, the client of my photographer, but big customers yeah. spending an awful lot of money trying to put their cars in the right light, mm. which one did in the south of France or in Spain. And one day I was working as an organizer for a photographer. He was doing, a, I think it was a job for Puma, mm -hmm. uh, for sports equipment. Yeah. And we had a lot of girls. I organized them and boys from the university in Nice. They worked as models. And we did a super job together. And I was going back into the hotel and a photographer was coming out of the turn, turning door out of the hotel with, as I heard later or found out later, was a client. And he said, Mike, come back in again. I went in. May I introduce you to, and his name was Jürgen Wert, a wonderful guy. Uh, Mike is a Becoming a photographer, he's just starting off, he's in Dusseldorf and so on. And as it so happened, two weeks later, I had my first job for Ford. Mm. As a photographer? As a photographer. As it so happened, I don't know if this is of any interest, but it, maybe it shows my, my approach to things. As it so happened, which was a coincidence, that this art director worked for my former car photographer, Peter Kyle. And it was originally his job. He did the start-off campaign, which is always very important. And then they tend to go to cheaper photographers, who I was at that time. Okay. And I said, I rang my, the photographer and I said, Peter, 
look, I've just had the opportunity, I've got the opportunity to do five shots for Ford. And I think you did the lead campaign, or in fact, I knew he did the lead campaign. Do you have a problem with it? Is it anything that sort of, am I going too far? I was, I'd have been away for for a long time already from this photographer. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't up to standard for what he was doing and so on. Okay. What jobs he was doing. And um, is there anything that sort of, is it gets in your way somehow? Mm-hmm. I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to, to step on his toes. Exactly. Get yeah. a medal for something that he'd started off and, okay. and take his client. Yeah. And he said, no, Mike, congratulations. What do you need? Wow. Do you need a camera? Do you need a lens? Yeah. We were all doing these shots on eight by 10 inch mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And, um, with a plate camera and it was, uh, he helped me start off doing my own business. And from there on, it worked on its own. One job led to the other, not always full months, but getting fuller all the time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, then you can see that sometimes being honest and, um, kind of, well, you, we, you were very, um, correct. There, well, I think one of the worst reputations you can get is, and it's everybody always, or the people always find this out, uh, is to hide things and uh, be a little bit secretive because you're hiding something from yourself as well. True. If you're open-hearted, then it's there's no problem. You don't you don't have to make up new lies or new fibs or whatever. Mm. Uh, you're with yourself and you can look into everybody's eyes and especially, and I think that's the most important thing, look into your own eyes when you're shaving in the, mo- in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got nothing to hide. And I think that was, a, that was a good thing for me to do it this way. Nobody could sort of gossip about me, mm. give me a bad reputation. And so everything went off in the right way. Yeah, everyone feels to be treated fairly. Uh, they don't talk to you, you don't do talk about you when you're, when you're, when you act like this, they talk about you when you act in the wrong way. True. That's when it, that's when it makes the, goes around the crowd. Mm-mm. Yeah, when the snake bites its own tail. Exactly. <laughs> as, as the Spanish say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, but um, I definitely think that this gentleman, when you called him, when you rang him up, mm-hmm. he definitely... He was smart enough to realize that you didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. but you did. And he appreciated that so much that he went from uh, being maybe offended to, oh, well, this guy is very professional in a way. And um, he's worth investing in. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I, are you talking the about fe- the art fe- director or about the photographer? About, about the other photographer. The other photographer, that Peter, started Peter Kyle, the I think it's, it's still somebody I call at yeah. least once a month to see how he's doing. Nice. So nothing's ever went, nothing ever went wrong in that way. Great. No, but and then, we did, in fact, we did a couple of jobs together in one mm. in Japan and so on and uh, uh, other jobs together. And we sort of worked side by side. And it was absolutely wonderful. Mm, great. I, I do feel like the world of photography uh, is still like that nowadays. It's a very... Like there are a ton of photographers out there, but once you get very professional and specific, um, there is quite a narrow field of photographers in your area. You know, it's always the same people doing big jobs. 
So it's always you always meet the name. Oh, it's like it's 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 like a it's like a bubble. Yeah, like it's, like a, a soap bubble. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to stand outside and see how the colors are changing in the light mm-hmm. of this soap bubble. I love that. But to get inside without it bursting is the, I think is, is the, um, is the hardest thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I really like the metaphor you just used right there. And as you said before, um, once you, you, you don't do yourself the, the right diligence, the right respect, people will will know it will be known in in your field gossip is the worst thing that you can do for yourself yeah in any in anything you do whatever <laughs> really that has to do with people in your private life in work life yes and it's better to say no than to give a give the nourishment for gossip mm-hmm. true if i like one of my rules for myself is when i talk about someone else only um say good things if I don't have anything good to say, I don't talk about them. <laughs> Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your uh, current main activity because I've, I've been at the at, at your I don't know how to call it your your mansion, <laughs> your gallery, um, where that which you which I understand you're renting out. Mainly. That's right. So maybe you can talk <clears throat> us a bit about that. Well. When I finished working in Dusseldorf, mm, okay, yeah. because of a, my a private change in my life, I moved to Cologne. Mm-hmm. And I had two studios in Cologne. One was a, a, a jeweler's shop, a former jeweler's shop, which I sort of redid. And in the little workshop at the back, I had a little still life studio and I could do portraits and things like this. And I had a shop where I sat in the window behind a window with a ding dong bell and clients coming in or out or school children annoying me and making faces at the big showroom window in the front, which was a very nice experience. And I did all my jobs from there. I had a sort of big double garage where I had my equipment and everything was safe and sound and did work from there. That was a nice time. And then I had the opportunity to have a bigger studio. And when that finished, um, after... A lot of change in my life. Mm-hmm. I have now got a big a former. Um, what is it? It's a blacksmith's. Uh, a blacksmith's <laughs> a workshop. A big a sort of factory, mm-hmm. which is uh, quite a big place to be in, and it's uh, white and nice and a lot of daylight and so on. Oh. And I've got this place, and I had the idea of. Um, what am I going to do now? Am I going to pay for two telephones and two heating bills and two electricity bills and two parking lots Mm. and so on? So I moved into this place at the same time and to come up for the extra costs, which of course it has, um, I I rented it out. And Mm. I thought if you sort of get a couple of pounds here or a couple of euros here and a couple of euros there, then I don't have to pay for the heater anymore and I don't have to pay for the electricity and maybe a little bit for my insurance and so on. And the rest I do my through photography. But time has changed. Photography is not what it used to be. Mm. We used to be able to do jobs and make a calculation. There were three people calculating. You knew roughly where to go. You knew how to talk to 
whoever you had to talk to and you got the job and that was it. And then they were three, three week jobs, four week jobs, whatever. And it was a lot of money. Uh, but things have changed. Uh, people are, everything has got to be cheaper, cheaper, cheaper and quicker and whatever. And the professional work that I did or is, was not needed anymore. But it has to do with me. It not, does not have to do with photographers. On the whole, I was a little bit lazy on one side, and all of a sudden I had this second leg. I don't know if it's the right expression, but I had my photography, mm -hmm. and I had of all of a sudden, which became quite well known in Cologne, a studio that I could rent out. Okay. Yeah, a second financial leg. And the first one was a scene in a crime series, and the second job was... a. Uh, an interview thing and the third job was I don't know um, The Bachelor which yeah. is a well-known they did their TV last show. TV show which they did their last party there and it was always filled with a lot of people and these people go in the evening into restaurants and they go into pubs and they yes. meet other producers and they say we need a location go and say hello to Mike and see if the place is free he's got a wonderful studio yeah. and being a photographer I had the right equipment there not for film but for photography It's old school now, but I still have it and I still can help out here and there. And I still have the tripods and the cables and whatever one needs and the reflectors and the, the soft boxes and so on. Mm. So whoever comes to my studio knows that if he does forget something, there's always enough there. And it's full of lots of, um, what do you call them? Requisiten with, with props. With props, thank you. Yeah. With, a, with a lot of props so they can put it out of focus there and they can put something in the background there and mm -hmm. they can change it around. And in fact, sometimes they even put everything into a truck or into the garage and uh, do their own scenes. Mm -hmm. And that's become a very good business. So I don't have to go on my knees to agencies telling them what a fantastic photographer I am. But the work speaks for you. It's, it's old school. It's old school. It's, it's, uh, the times have changed. Photography has changed. I'm still up to it. I, I can still do it and I can still mm -hmm. do a lot better than other people. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the, the need for photography has changed. Okay. So well, I'm not into advertising anymore. Yeah. I do a lot of portraits and, and uh, nice jobs in my studio or in companies or whatever. Architecture for, architectural for photography and so on. Nice. I, I do reckon back in the day. But I have, I have two, two incomes. Sure. Two sources of income. One is the studio, which I rent out. Yeah. And then I sort of have to not pack my bag, but sort of make sure that I have a small space that's left for me. Mm. Um, and then I make sure that the place is well safe and guarded in the evening or at night. Yeah. And I'm, I feel fine with it. And I think life has never been so, so interesting It has been, it's always been interesting, but it's a, it's a different, a different part of my life now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy about it. Sure. I mean, we all need to sort of adapt over time to our environment. Which I can only advise to other people to make sure they've got two things going at the same time. Yeah. Don't bet all your money on one horse, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what would you... Um, say to you know young photographers nowadays that want to throw themselves into this industry I don't know how it works anymore hmm. our times were different times and 
I think the, there was a lot of good for... Good for I, there's one advice. If you do get an assistant job, make sure it's with the best photographer you can find. The best photographer you can find. Okay. And work like mad to make sure that you do your job good. His clients will see that you do a job good. His clients will see that you're ambitious, that you're uh, trying to make the client's job work out good. Mm. And make sure you find somebody who's interesting, who knows what he's doing and is, is open for, um, for design, for good talks, conversation, for whatever. Yeah. Don't go to the, the lower class just because you can earn money. Okay. Always go to the best firm you can find. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it might seem... It's difficult because you still yeah. have to pay your rent and you have to pay for your apartment and for your bicycle and for mm. this and that and so on. And, some, and you have to get there too. And you have to get there and have the opportunity. Exactly. Because if you stand up and you go there mm. and say, I want to work for you, I think you have a good chance of getting the job. Yeah, definitely. And has also uh, the way we approach those kind of jobs changed over time? Because right now, if... If I imagine myself going to a photo studio, to a photographer, and applying for an assistant job there, I would go, obviously, personally, which is always better than by email, making a good first impression, but also with a portfolio already and with a resume. I think that the, the person you're trying to get a job from, he wants to see that you're ambitious enough to get your feet going and I was going to say something different, but uh, uh, get on with it. Okay. How else is he going to know you? Mm. Just by an email, it doesn't work. Yeah. It wouldn't work for me. I get so many emails that I throw away, I don't know who it belongs to. <laughs> it's like a business, it's like a business, right it's like a business card. At the end of the day, you have, I don't know, a big pile of business cards. Yeah. And you don't know who it belongs to. Who was this guy, Lucas? What was it? But he, there was something green on the back. I remember that. But, and then one day, it's something green on the back. But who was this guy? What did he look like? Mm. And if you, if, you don't look, if you don't look after these, these systems, mm. uh, you don't know who the business card belonged to. And it's the same with emails. True. For me. Yeah, definitely. But I, mean, I think I'm a little bit analog anyway. Yeah? Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to catch up with everything. Okay. What do you want, do not want to catch up with? It's um, silly things. For the people who are listening to you, it's normal. But for me, if I get an email, I know it's an email. And I know this is something official for me. <laughs> But if I get it on WhatsApp and SMS yeah. and I don't know all the other things because I don't participate sure. in them. I don't know where was this the address and the telephone number from that guy I called. You don't have all the contact information. Because it's there, there, there and there's too many buttons to press, and I, I don't have the time for that. Wow. Okay. It's like having three, um, three wallets. Yes. You've got a credit card in the one. You've got your, your car credit card in the other one. You've got your train credit card in the other one. And you don't know which in which wallet you have what. Okay. I don't know how it is for you. Yes, yes, I understand what you mean. Um, but I, I think I understand 
now the sentence I'm a bit more analog. Um, it's it's a little bit of maybe resilience um, for um, maybe more in casual informal ways of communicating. It's it's um, they send me an SMS and they expect me to know exactly I've just received an SMS. Like for a reply, you mean? For a reply. Yeah. But I don't look at my handy or my mobile from morning for to night. Yeah, okay. And maybe I'm standing on a ladder doing something completely different. Sure. You don't have that But if habit. I go to the office, into my little small office in this wonderful room that I'm in, yes. and I tick and I see, ah, you've got three emails. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. It's and two and a half of them I can throw away. Mm-hmm. One is advertising, the other is <laughs> yeah. fishing for compliments, <laughs> and the other <laughs> is maybe something with a little bit of information. Mm. No, but I, 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 I understand that it happens to me too. I have, an, I have a routine, I have some habits, and I do struggle changing those if I don't have to, in a way. Um, it, for me, it's different things. But uh, we all have an order. Like I do this first, and this first, and this first. Many young people like me uh, are, have now the habit to wake up first thing in the morning, check their phone, check WhatsApp, check Instagram, stay in bed for 15 minutes and then they stand up and go shower, <laughs> for example. <coughs> But I feel like this is a very um, modern thing that Many kids do. And I do it myself too, sadly enough. Well, it's not sad. It's, it's your way of doing it. Yes, but I've come to a point where I've realized it's not that healthy. And I could have a different routine that's much more productive for myself. And I find it very difficult to change it somehow. Because I want to change it, but I don't at the same time. And it's, I don't know, it's like an inner battle with myself. So I, I, I'm really, um, I admire your approach to it. I, I don't take WhatsApp and SMS serious. Yeah, yeah, but no, but I understand because you have to do different priorities in your uh, communication process. No, but if, if, I mean, it needs to work with you. So everything outside that. Kind of, kind of, just, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't make too much sense. Mm. I wanted to, to ask you as well as for, well, first of all, we have talked about the experience you, you have had throughout that time since you started photography. Um, how about the, the lessons you've learned throughout that time for yourself As a photographer. Oh, that's a that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That is. I only make hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> the lessons I've learned. Uh, 
I can't, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know where to start. Mm. I, haven't, I haven't got a, a starting point for okay. that one. Maybe rather for yourself than for other people. Um, I th can be anything to something. No, I don't want to sound like a, a, an old man who's, who's uh, telling his, his son how to live his life. Why not? Uh, I think it's, 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 it's not my thing to, <laughs> to work like that. <laughs> I think what, whatever you do, whatever you start, whatever you, you, you have to do that with an ambition. You have to do it with your full heart. Um, no, this is, I, I've, you've got me on my left foot now. Okay. Um, but I think um, I kind of have, have, have a feeling where you're headed. Um, I've, I've heard this um, quote the other day, and it was, uh, anything that you do or invest in out of pure economical or... Um, Yeah, financial reasons won't work out for you. I've I've never invested for economical reasons, but other people they've got a house in Tobago or whatever, mm -hmm. and maybe they're happy. I don't know. I'm I'm happy that it works out for me as it does. Um, hopefully, this will work out for a longer time to come. Mm -hmm. I have no reason to sort of stop working. Uh, it's, um, what, what would I advise young people if I was if I was a professor or whatever at the mm -hmm. university or so? Uh, apart from what they have to learn anyway, it's hard for me to say. I think one thing is that young people should realize that one day they will get older. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Starting right at the other end, you wanted to start at the beginning. Um, that they have to realize that. They will become older and they, whatever job they're doing, and that maybe is for you as well, mm -hmm. uh, they will one day need some money on the bank account or in some insurance or whatever to look after themselves in, in the days to come. For the pension. For, for the pension, exactly. Yeah. And that is something you, which is hard to explain because who thinks about a pension now if you can go out for a beer in the evening and have a good time? I think that's a more important thing. I th one thing, I, I, I talked to a friend who's also a photographer in Cologne. We studied together. We lived together. We had a good time together. And um, we worked, lived in a, in, a, in a sort of five of us got together, a musician and two photographers. Mm -hmm. And when, during study, we had a photographer from Munich. He visited us. His name is, or was, is Thomas Lütke. And Thomas Lütke came as a guest to our to our um, college or to whatever it was, mm -hmm. and he told us a story about his time in South America as a photographer, and he was doing a sort of reportage and shooting on the way. and And what I found so interesting, he said, he came to a junction point and he had three possibilities. I, I've got a picture of how it looked, all dusty and hot and sweaty, yeah. and the grass all burnt and. And there's a sort of no sign, just a junction, car track leading this way and one crossing from left to right. Mm -hmm. And he had to make a decision which way he's going to go. And he said, I could go straight on and carry on and go and see. There was no sign saying how far that town is or that village or that city or whatever. Okay. He just didn't know where. And he had the possibility to go to the left and he had the possibility to go to the right. 
And this picture fascinated me so much that uh, it's sort of been part, it's, I've sort of taken it over as part of my life. Because if you carry on that straight, straight line, you will find maybe a wonderful partner. And if you go to the left, maybe you have an accident mm -hmm. and you end up, if you're lucky, in hospital. If you go to the right, you might find a new job. Or if you go to the right a little bit later, you might find a partner and not the job. And if you wait for an hour and go straight on, you might find a good career and a nice place to live and a new life, all, all together a new life. Yeah. And I think this has been part of my, part of my story okay. somehow. I don't know. I, it's, it's, uh, it's always been with me. Okay. And if Thomas Lutgeve listens to this podcast, <laughs> I I, I, and I hope he's doing well for himself, he's a little bit older than I am, okay. and I hope he's doing well for himself. And I'd like to thank him for this, uh, for this picture. Yeah. It's, yeah, would you have maybe translate into a little philosophy for yourself? In how. Have you ever had the feeling that you sort of wake up and you've got to go, ah, you've got an interview? with Lucas in Dusseldorf. I have to get into the car quickly and I have to race off. But I, and then I forgot something mm. and I went back again. Yeah. And I sometimes think for myself, exactly the right thing, you forgot something. And getting to Lucas will take you five minutes longer. Mm. And that has just changed whatever's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Yeah. Those five minutes. True. It makes all the difference. It's silly. It's absolutely, it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's um, like believing in magic or, or whatever. It's, 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 a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. It's, but I do think of it quite often. And then I, it, it uh, makes me a little bit more safe in whatever I'm doing. Mm. Five minutes later, it doesn't really, really matter. Although I do like to be on time. I think it's more. It's very important. It's, it has something to do with politeness. Yes. But not being that five minutes earlier has changed something for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not there, but it's it's unconscious. Yes, and it's not necessarily. Well, yeah. Okay. Is it what you do? Obviously, impacts everything around you. I can't say if it impacts me. All I know is that, shall we say, if I put it for my photography, I've always had, um, I've always had good people around me. Yeah. I've always had good makeup artists. I've always had good stylists. I've mm. always had good prop people. I've always worked in good studios. I've always had fantastic assistants who are still there. If If should I need a, a good assistant again, they, they come from the north of Germany and we do a job together and have, we don't talk about old days, mm. maybe for two minutes, but that was it. But we have, we have a good time together. We spend these two or three or four days for the job in a, in a wonderful way together. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And it's, that's, it's nice that they're still there. Yeah. I mean, okay. No, but I, I, I like the picture you, 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 um, planned it in our minds now <laughs> i hope so i hope there's a lot of people out there who who try to think about 
it, it happens in town. It happens all over the place. It happens that you sort of bump into somebody. Had you not bumped into them, you would have turned to the right and you would have met mm. somebody even more important. Yeah. Or different, more interesting. Important is not so the, 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 main, the main fact. I think you're more interesting. Okay. And now with my, with my studio, being able to work in my own place, doing my own jobs in my own place, which I've always had a studio, mm -hmm. uh, and being able to sort of stop work and then doing something else, something more private, mm -hmm. and then being able to go back to work again, yeah. and being on, on location all the time, or being able to pack my stuff for the next day, yeah. and because I've got a job on location somewhere else, yeah. or having guests and making sure that they get their coffee and that they're welcome and know where to park the car and where the electricity is and where the fuse box is, should anything go wrong, mm -hmm. uh, it, and, and, and making them feel at home. And I think uh, that's something that I've learned out of my job and maybe learned from my, from my, um, from my parents many years ago, mm -hmm. being, being an open-minded person to make everybody feel welcome. Yeah, being caring. Caring. That's, that's a nice word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would love to um, ask you for maybe one of the most memorable events or situations, if experienced. It can be for whatever reason. Maybe it was the craziest one or maybe it was the most impactful or learnful exciting moment or maybe the scariest one as well <laughs> many years ago um i was asked if i could take the place of somebody who had a he had a big job or something private and he couldn't in fact it was lutz who you in fact know yes um they had planned with six hairy men um a sailing trip across the atlantic <laughs> that's quite nice and I took his place and I was really, really excited. And in fact, I got the excitement onto my clients and to everybody who was working for me and so on. And they all wished me good luck because nobody said, oh, you're gone and you're going to lose a job or whatever they said. When you come back, we'll make sure you're back in the scene again. And they did everything they could to make sure I was comfortable to, to leave for two months. Mm -hmm. No, in fact, it was, what was it? Six weeks, I think. And uh, we went from, from um, the Canaries. Canary, the Canarian Islands? Yeah. Okay. We went to, we sailed to Barbados. Okay. Once across. Yeah. Three weeks it took. The Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. Um, you always sort of think you're the first person to see the pyramids or to climb Mount Everest and once you're there um, you see that there's hundreds of others doing the same thing at the same time <laughs> if you're unlucky you've got the, the buses on the on the beach <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and things like this no but it was for me a first time to do something really exciting like this so it took us three weeks to get over there and one thing that happened was that everybody packs their sea bag And their 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 trunk, their their suitcase, their their bag with with goodies, with with whatever they're going to wear or they're not going to wear because it gets hotter and hotter and oh. so on. And uh, this is all stowed on board. Yeah, 
the sailing. It was 14 meters and... Uh, oh, it was like a sailing board? A sailing, a sailing boat. boat. Yeah, yeah, it was lovely. It was a wonderful ship. Okay. And then they have on the other shoulder another sea bag with their personal problems. For example, their private life, their problems, grown-up men mm. with their parents, their, their wives, the children, the divorce, their psychological problems of being wanting to be first and all, all the little things that every, everybody has. And this seed bag or this, this case yeah. is packed under the bunk without anybody knowing about it. Mm. And on the f latest, on the fourth day, they sort of start to unpack this bag, the invisible bag. And I think all in all, we were lucky that we all got over safe and sound. And there's a lot of stories of this happening on these sailing boats on these trips. Okay. That the people fall out with one another. They start argumenting, uh, argument, and they start trying to teach the other person what problems he's got. Yes. And that he's trying to put these problems that he's got into sure. my life and so on. Yeah. Just as it happens outside. But outside you can say get lost and you can go home. Go home, <laughs> go to a restaurant or meet your, your girlfriend or go do whatever away. you want to do. Just go away from or them. Or your friends. And so on, and you can leave them, and you can also never see them again. But on a sailing boat, three weeks, you can't do this. Yeah. And that experience was breathtaking. It was it was hairy. It was <laughs> it was really hairy. really hairy. And I think all in all, it was quite dangerous as well. Mm. So anybody who's ever going to do a, something like this has got to, no matter how good the friends are and how excited they are, to say farewell and. UPIA, we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see. Mm. Um, they've got to think about it. But this is a little private thing in my life, yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. So no... No details. But no, no, no details. Not necessary. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, uh, they're not so important that I could even remember them. Okay. All I remember is the situation. Yeah. That fortunately everybody got onto the other side. <laughs> Got to Barbados, safe and sound. <laughs> That's the official version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It reminds me of... Um, I've talked about this um, a similar topic with another guest a few weeks ago. And we talked about conflict and how conflict is necessary and important rather than um, avoidable. In a sense of um, any person you spend time with uh, over a longer period of time, you will eventually have conflict with. Um, it's inevitable because everyone has their own mindset and ways of doing things, that, which is particular and specific to that person. And it's, it's the art of overcoming and dealing with conflict in a healthy way that makes us grow together. Yes, but you've got to keep your tongue. You've got to keep your language and you've got to keep your respect mm. and you've got to be able to solve conflicts. Yes. In um, a language that doesn't hurt 
your opposite. Yeah. You can be honest, but you've got to realize that you might have to come up for whatever you've said. You might lose your job. Mm-hmm. But one day, if you do it in, a, in the right way, that person will come to this, the point that I remember so-and-so said that to me and he was, he was, he was right. Yeah. But you've got to know what you're saying and you've got to keep emotions out of it. Mm. It's, it's, like on a, it's like on a job. If you start becoming, uh, you're getting a lot of money from a client. Yeah car company, a chemical company, whatever. You're doing something for a, a job like aspirin or for, for a coffee company or whatever. And you've got a job and you've got a conflict. Um, you've got to, as a photographer or as whoever is in the team, has got to be able to solve this conflict. And you've got to steer your little boat that you're all on back into the right water. Uh, it's, I think it's... Um, it's it's no use living out this conflict. No, it will it will rot you inside. Everybody's going to go home. You you never get the job again. But if you do a, if you do it in the right way, the company will say it was a tough job. We had a lot of problems, but somehow the photographer got us through that stormy situation. Yes. Yes, because the photographer often. It's but it has nothing to sorry not not just to do with photo- photography it's in management it's in everything it's and for that life. little job you're a little manager <laughs> yes solving other people's problems and they've got to leave their little sea bags their sea trunks with their little problems yeah. and their small problems some of them sure. not necessary at home and solve it in the restaurant afterwards yes or after the job Yeah, no one says, like, I'm still learning so much about that. And it's something most people can't do properly. I believe I still can't do it properly. I'm still learning how to do it efficiently and well and in the moment. And I find it very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. And you need so much experience you have to do it so many times wrong to you do, just have to, to be yourself right. you have to be yourself and say that's not something i want to wake up in the morning with that i had a quarrel with somebody who is really good and knows what they're doing and is very professional and yet i had a big argument with them yeah and you wake up in the next it's like having a hangover isn't it You have yeah, a wonderful evening and then you wake up in the morning and say, good God, that can't be. And that it's, it's, I didn't mean it like that. And it was maybe the alcohol or whatever mm. one throws in. Yes. And it, that's not a good thing. Mm. And it's always good to keep a clean mind. and a Yeah. A clean you're not going to the next day they're gone <laughs> anyway. True, true. But you will, you, 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 if you don't solve it, your head will think about it constantly. And you don't have to be right all the time. No, of course not. You to, um, there's a beautiful sentence. Uh, you need to be ready to be wrong, to come up. Ah. Well, somebody's got maybe a better idea than you have. And you're completely fixed and focused on what you want to do because you want to get that job done. You want to get that day done. Mm. And it has nothing only to do with photography. I'm not only talking as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm Supplies. talking as, as something... Somebody more as a, as a private person at the moment, and I'm, I, it's, it has to do with your everyday life. Mm. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I got I got stuck on 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 the sentence, and it's um, it really like uh, it re- reaffirmed um, what I what I think too. And then it it says you need to be ready to be wrong to be able to come up with something original. And if you're wrong. And then you can turn around and say, I do apologize. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. You were completely right. Yeah. And I didn't think in the way you th- were thinking. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand it. Yeah. It's like somebody saying something in French and you don't know what the, he's talking about. Yeah, you can't speak the language. and You, don't you can't understand. speak the language. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden you learn French and you realize, ah, he's completely right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's such a great way to put it. <laughs> I love that. It's really always hard to explain this in words. Yeah. But I, I really, I really like that <laughs> right now. There's always a picture for everything. You just need to find it. <laughs> you just need to find it. Um, I, I always um, also um, see how um, us photographers have a very special way uh, to see things to see the world, to look. No, photographers are very visual art, mainly. And um, I would love personally to know why you ended up in photography and how your your eyes, what, like, what has it to do with how you see things? Why did I end up in photography? I think because I wasn't good in mathematics. <laughs> because everything else didn't work. <laughs> and I was always good. In, I was always good in art, and I was always good in in painting and drawing and, and and making sketches and things like this. And all of a sudden, I got the chance to uh, go to a college and study arts and photography. Okay, just and start- I started off as a typographer. Studying typography. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, printing and so on. We had a fantastic, fantastic professor who who taught us, mm-hmm. Professor Fleischmann, a, a, a super guy. <laughs> really, he knew what he knew his business, mm-hmm. and for his course, we needed some photography as well. Mm-hmm. And then I changed for two semesters to photography. And the people were more interesting there. <laughs> <laughs> the people were more interesting. Not yeah, they were more interesting and it was all a little bit freer and it was somehow it was so. easier. Maybe I took a shortcut, I don't know. And I stayed, I finished off with, with photography. Mm. And from there I got my first assistant jobs and then worked on from there. Okay. And that first turn, turn door thing in the hotel in, uh, I told you about, was my first job and that's how it's continued. Mm. And since then, I've always been working. And then all of a sudden, things changed in life. 9-11, jobs went down. Nobody wanted to invest in photography and advertising. And since then, uh, things have changed from from printing to internet and from TikTok and TikTok and TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) And things that I don't know much about and haven't got the time to share. And they're, in fact, more, even more, I think things have become more creative. Because the possibilities have changed. I've, n- I've never been somebody against the digitalization of photography. 
If not. No, 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 no. But the times were, were nicer. We had more time. We did a shot and then we went to the lab and then we made a test. Mm. And then we met other photographers or other assistants. And mm. we talked and they looked at their slides and I looked at my slides. And you tried to look at what's, what job they were doing. They tried to look what job you were doing. And it was, it was super. It was a nice time. And then we went back and we did the correction. And then we did another shot. The, the shot, and then we had it developed, mm. and then we gave it to the client. That's and now yeah. it's, I remember getting, there's a nice comparison. Jobs were easy. We got a, we got a letter in the mailbox, in, 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 the, in the letterbox. Yes. Not the mailbox, the letterbox outside on the door. And we got a letter from the agency, and some people will think, God, what's he talking about? That's Asia. It was all black and white in those days. But it wasn't. It was very colorful. We got a letter saying, we would like you to calculate a job with layouts and so on, so on, so on. Mm -hmm. We did a calculation. And then we put it in an envelope and we sent it. You got a letter with a proposal? <laughs> I'm <not> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> And so. then all of a sudden, for I think three and a half thousand at the time marks, which was something like one, like half in euros, one, right? one and a half thousand euros, yeah. I bought a, a fax. A fax machine? A fax machine. Oh. With fax paper. <laughs> black, and, black and white. And then I got color layouts and the whole sheet was full of black because it couldn't do color. Mm-hmm. And then we had to calculate this black picture. Studio days, assistant days, prop days, and so on, so on, so on. And what happened was that we had to more or less answer immediately. And that's where things changed. We had telephones. I think I've got to stop this conversation now because it sounds as though I've got a, an enormous beard and a big fat tummy and... And um, I'm, I'm running around in a wheelchair. It's quite the opposite. But that's when times change because all of a sudden we had to answer on demand. And if I was in the south of France doing a job, how on earth was I going to get this fax? I had to have it sent on to the hotel. Yes. And I had to do a calculation straight away in the south of France on a job, which took up all my time. Mm. And... But it was important to do this because you wanted to get the next job. Sure. And then all of a sudden came emails and you had to be even quicker. Yeah. And you had to have programs to write your calculations and so on and so forth. And now everything is just so speedy that you don't know what, what's happening. It's all at the same time. And I'm trying to change these things back into taking my time and not being on, on demand. Not being always available. Available. But I think um, the word time is, is uh, crucial when it comes to comparing photography nowadays to back like 30, 40 years ago. And it's the amount of time and energy invested on average for every picture you'd take has changed dramatically, has been Shorter and shorter. Yeah. Until it's now. Everything is it's just, uh, it's speed. Back in the days, you may have shot like 
one roll thirty five images mm -hmm. on you know um, analog on your not safe enough on your six rolls <laughs> camera <laughs> and then that's it that's for your day and then you have to take that to the lab or maybe develop it yourself and then you have to go through the you have to make a contact sheet and then you have to pick the ones you like and really look at them and then you have to um, print them and and um, how's the client going to get them so that took you days yeah and now we go you go you're an event photographer and you go and shoot a festival half an hour for and the press people are even quicker they do it straight the picture comes straight out of the camera i don't even want to think about that <laughs> but but that's not a job i do so if i was yeah. to do that job i would know how it works anyway I've, I've, I do keep up with everything. It's not as though... Uh, you know about them, but yeah, you're not necessarily uh, yeah. doing everything. My car's not a steam engine. It's, it's, a, it's a proper motor car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm talking here about um, my own experience and what I've, I've, I've seen, all the photographers. I've, I've done festivals and all kinds of events. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you burn through those memory cards nowadays, mm -hmm. you know, digital memory cards, where you can shoot 1,000, 2,000 pictures in. You do the in an, in an hour there are four, and you just burst through. You know, cameras nowadays do 10, 12 pictures a second. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you, your cards are full and hot and steaming, and you're done half an hour, and then you have to go home and really look through all of them really quick. You have a few seconds for every picture. It's like, no, 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 no. Yes, okay, no, 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 no. And I feel like it loses a lot of love. There's you're not as a, much love in the process. You're doing a job before. for money. Yes. Sorry. It's true. Like it also. I, I do jobs for money as well. Yeah. Do reportage or whatever it is, but I still have to look through and I have to change, color correct them, and so on, and mm. and, and, and change things, make that a bit lighter, and take the blackness out and, and the mm. contrast or whatever. Um, but um, I don't want to work in the way that I have to sort of um, like a producing machine. No, right. yeah, I, I dislike that too. Sadly, like it is. I'm not saying it's worse, but it's different. It's very. But advertising was also always something that one does for money. And you asked me how I got into um, into photography mm -hmm. or why I'm in that range of photography. Yes. Uh, I think it's because I like solving, I don't like the word problems. I like solving um, whatever the client needs. It's not a problem. Solving it's, needs, maybe? Uh, solving his needs. That's a nice word. Thank you. And I, I like to solve these things. And some, whatever you need, the, the peak of Mount Everest in a studio with snow on it and, the, and, and a famous <laughs> uh, uh, Hillary standing on the top. Uh, waving the New Zealand flag, I think it was. Uh, then I, th you calculate that, and then you have yes. somebody who makes the set, mm -hmm. and set he, designer, set designer, and he paints the the foreground, and yeah. he makes a pap mache whatever it out mm -hmm. out of wood and so on, and makes the the peak of Mount Everest, and he snows it in. You have a specialist who comes in with snow. The rest is painted. The backdrop is painted. And so on. And then you have this guy, and you have a stylist. She goes and gets the professional equipment and the professional clothes. And then you have maybe a makeup artist who 
puts a little, I'm, I'm making this picture up. Sure. Yeah, and puts a little bit of snow and ice in his beard and sticks a beard on there and yeah. so on and gives him a, that, that, that sunburnt tan and, and creases in his face and mm. so on and, and uh, finds the right flag, which is a little bit frayed at the end. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get the wind machine and somebody points that at him and you've got a fantastic picture. Yeah. You've got a super picture, but that was solving a need. Not a problem. The problem is something you can't solve. <laughs> okay, okay. And you solve the need of the art director, of the art director, of the client, or yeah. of whatever the client is trying to say for the product that he's working for. And everybody's working for something, and I think this was the, the the most exciting thing about advertising photography that you could. You were always working in a sort of Hollywood thing. Hollywood, in fact, was is. As on the other hand, was always miles ahead, but they have hundreds of people working for them yeah. for a film to get to this point. And in fact, they would fly to Mount Everest and do this picture or in a studio and have all the... But as a photographer, you're, you're finding all the people who know how to, to do this for you in the field of photography and who have got the right prices and, and so on and mm. the right reputations. And... Solving these needs was, has always been a, a fascinating thing. And it's the same in fashion. Whatever you do, you need the light, right light and you need a good location. Or for cars, you need a good sunset and a good sunrise or the other way around. Mm. And you do two shots a day and never in the sun. And if an airplane flies through your window, you've got bad weather day and that was it. You know, if you have wait, the, what? <laughs> what is it called? The, the, the white streaks of an airplane oh, going through, and yeah. you have that through the side of a Mercedes. You can't use the shot because oh you didn't. My God. You didn't have the the possibility to take it out with Photoshop and other programs. True. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> or clouds. Yes. Sure, and you have them. The reflection. You stayed in the hotel, or at least you went there, so the client saw that you were at least trying to do it. Mm. But maybe the shot with the clouds would have been better. But it was, at that time, always a nice... And I've gone through all these different periods and it's been a, it's been a wonderful privilege. Mm. Yeah, but I do feel like you'd, and you just enjoy the process. It was, it's always been uh, sort of theatre work. You're always doing something with a lot of people around you and... Buying the the or paying for the specialists to help you get that it starts with your assistant. Mm. But you've got somebody you can rely on who knows how to drive a car and can get to the south of France without making having an accident. Yeah, all sorts of little things. But I don't want to talk about the past. It's, I think it's now, it's uh, it's right here and now, and and things are changing. And um, I'm keeping up with everything, but there's mm. certain things that don't interest me. Yeah. I'm too lazy for it. I think I'm too lazy for it. Sure. I mean, and I work enough, but I haven't got the time to, to get in there. Although I did play a, a song from a tune from TikTok. Oh yeah, true. When we before we started, <laughs> maybe you're more modern than you think you are. I don't know. <laughs> you look hip, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you did mention before uh, the word creativity, which is a big. Um, well, it's it's one of the main topics within this podcast. And I would love to give you the opportunity to share what that word means to you and how um, 
you apply it to your daily work. Well, it's another one again. You got me on my right foot one, now. One, <laughs> one bomb, bomb after, after the other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I, I don't like to talk about myself as, as a, being a creative person. Okay. I think I am creative. At least uh, the people around me give me this impression. I do the things in my way. I do the way I've not only learned to do them, but um, adapt them and change them and keep my eyes open and look at what other people do, what other sort of work there is around there. And one always steals a little bit from here and there um, without destroying other people's copyright copyrights. Okay. But you get your ideas from whatever's happening out there. And I've found myself a solution where I can live this creativity. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a studio, a room that is open space for other people. I like to open the doors and let other people in. Of course, they, if they're young photographers who are just starting and I've got to know them and I like them and they, they have a good attitude, they can have the studio for nothing and other people have to pay a lot of money for it. Mm. Uh, if it's a professional, for example, advertising spot or whatever, yeah. it's not a lot of money, but it's, it's money that makes my life comfortable. Sure. And creativity is... I did a job the other day for, for, um, for a doctor and his three other doctors who worked together with him in a big... big um, Co corporation corporation praxis oh like or oh. ha gotcha <laughs> like a studio like, like, but no, not, it's not, it's not a studio, studio it's like a, mm. they work together in one building as a as a, as a doctor yeah, what do you yeah. call it i don't know i don't know either. anyway <laughs> and that job turned out nice and i look at the picture afterwards yeah. and I, i finished it and did my retouch and took the wrinkle away and the little spot on his nose and whatever he had mm. uh, did the retouch myself and gave it a, a nice look which a lot of people do out there it's nothing new i'm talking about yeah. a lot of people make out of not so good photos good photos or interesting pictures yeah. for example pinterest when you look at the pictures on, on, on pinterest mm. absolutely amazing what the people do yeah the world they live in un unbelievable Uh, but I've I've got this picture now and I've sent it to him. He was happy about it. Very happy, in fact. But I like it. And it's something that I cherish and I like. And I think creativity has to do with being satisfied with your work. Okay. Being satisfied or so, or what you do... Um, is fulfilling in your life? My life has always been fulfilling. I can't put it in any other way. Okay. Whatever I've done. It's always been something that's been positive. Mm. I've had my ups and downs and I've had bad experiences and, and things like this, but uh, it's uh, on the whole, it's always, at, even apart from these bad experiences, it's always been something that I could change and do in another way afterwards. Okay. So... I've always had the chance to change it afterwards. It's never been so bad that I got stuck in it. Mm. Once I got stuck in it. 
but I'm not going to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> no, no, that's for myself. Okay. So briefly, um, where would you uh, define creativity for you? Well, first of all, what you started off with, you don't see yourself as a creative person. You've got to do something. You can't be creative without doing something. And it has nothing to do with being a photographer. Mm. It has nothing to do with being an artist, a painter, a sculptor. It has uh, to do with building up your own model railway. Yeah. And if you get into building up a model railway and you have a piece of wood and then you start building a mountain and you build a tunnel and then you build the rails around it, and you build a little station and then you buy yourself the signals and you buy yourself a nice train and coach and then you have a second a second uh, level where you have the, the, the fast lane and the slow lane and then you have the working trains and so on. And all of a sudden you come into this room and you say, what a creative room. Yeah. You've built yourself with all the cables underneath yes. and you've got your little signal box and you put on your little uniform and you've got a little signal in your hand and a whistle in your mouth and you're happy, you're creative. It's your, it's your passion. It's, it's something that you like doing. Mm. Other people like going sailing or like restoring an old car, for example, yeah. an old time, an old car, an old, uh, and, and they go into an awful lot of money and a lot of, a lot of, meeting other people how do you how do you repair the the um the carburetor and how do you repair the front axle and they they talk about it and all sorts of things like this happen and i think this is part of being creative mm. it's it's part of being getting to know other people getting to know different values getting to know different ways of solving a problem Now I've used the word, a need. And uh, I think that is creativity. And mine just happens to be looking after, at the moment, looking after people who rent the studio, mm. making sure that they have a uh, go out. And when they say, it was nice to be your guest, that's the biggest compliment I can get. Nice. And when I do a job and the people... Photography is, in fact, photography is something where you get a lot of uh, good feeling. Uh, you get a lot of pats on your shoulder and mm. people say, thank you, that was a, a great day, nice experience, wonderful to have you portrait me. I'm, I'm, I feel lucky that I found you to do the job for me, yeah. to, do, to, to do my internet um, website, website or, or whatever, you know, the photography for it. Mm. And you get a lot of response, quick response. And I think that is something, I don't say that I, I need it, but I enjoy it. Of course. I enjoy it. I enjoy it when somebody taps your shoulder. It doesn't have to give you a big hug, or she doesn't have to give you a big hug, but just taps you on the shoulder and says, that was thumb up, that was a super day. Thank you for the nice pictures or for the, for the money you looked after. Mm. You're doing a job. It is great to see when people appreciate your work. So, and for an artist, they go. You go to, you hang your stuff in a gallery, or you stand it there as a sculpture, and the people go away and they have a nice glass of wine and a piece of cheese, and they say to you, not to me, mm -hmm. to the person I'm thinking about. Okay. How interesting! What a, 
good thoughts you have and what a nice approach to your way of seeing the world or what you're trying to tell us or musicians have the same thing and you have an applause at the end and you go home. Mm. Once everybody's gone home, you're still a cellist outside on your own. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed hearing your description of creativity for yourself. Um, Because... I, I, I don't know if it applies to everybody out there who's it doesn't listening, need to. but it, it applies for me. And I can only say that whoever's out there and listening, um, just whatever it is that's in your mind, if it's a, a model railway station, do it. Yes. Because you can't talk about it if you haven't done it. Mm. And you can't criticize it unless you've done it. And you can't know better than if you're... There's a lot of, sometimes, I don't know if you catch yourself sometimes, say, what he's doing is is not so good. Yeah? It has happened. And you sort of, and you make a statement of something that you don't know anything about. True. And it's unfair, but Mm. he's doing it. Yes, it's true. And he's a, a street musician, and he's playing the flute, and he or she is doing it. And who knows what comes out of it. It's very easy to go and criticize. Yeah, but you have to do it. You have to go out there and do it. Paint a picture, hit a hit a stone until it makes some sort of a uh, an impression on somebody else or to yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And or find out what's in this stone and what this stone is trying to tell you. This piece of rock. Mm. It's not going to be a Leonardo da Vinci, but it might be something. Monstrous. Yeah. What I, what I hear um, is be brave. Don't be afraid of what is not going to happen. Yeah. Well, be be aware that something is going to happen out of whatever you do. Mm. And I think even in private life, don't go for the the quickest way, I need a girlfriend. Well, I think this is going to go too far, no, but I need, a, I need a girlfriend. I want to have a girlfriend because mm-hmm. life has said that you have to have a girlfriend. Don't have a girlfriend. Do it a different way. Go, go a different way and wait till whoever it is is going to come past and change your life yes. and tell you what you don't need. It's a good thing. I think that's a, that's a good thing. But you have to start somewhere. And I don't know how it is nowadays in, 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 in college and studying. And so every, they, everybody will find their way in the end mm. unless they give up too early. Uh, I don't want to talk about those people who are in need of help or whatever. Mm. Often it's, I think, maybe it's unfair what I'm saying is maybe a psychological problem. Um, you can't solve everything. But whoever's out there and wants to become a photographer, you have to take pictures. And if you don't take pictures, you're not going to become a photographer. And not every picture you take is going, to, is going to make money. And not every picture is going to make you famous and is not going to give you a gallery where you can expose your pictures. Yeah. Um, my photographer that I worked for many years ago, he said, and I was always a lazy photographer, I must admit. So all you out there, I was, um, I was lucky. But he said, Mike, you've got to take a hundred pictures and then you've got to throw 90 away and you keep those 10 until you've got 
10 time, times 10 pictures. Mm. And from those 10 times 10, you throw seven away. And then you've got, what was it? You've got 30 pictures. Mm. And from those 30 pictures, you throw another 15 away. And then you've got maybe a nice portfolio yeah. that shows your attitude to life. And to get those 15 pictures, was it 15 that I worked out? To get those 15 <laughs> yes. pictures, uh, I th you then all of a sudden realize you're onto something. Mm. And things are working for you. Yes. I've got a friend at the moment, he came down from Al, in a, in, he had a, he's got a motorboat. Okay. He can live on. S a smaller one, I don't know how many meters it is. A wonderful boat. And he came from Al and he came past Cologne and I went to the harbor and visited him. And he then cruised on off to Berlin mm. where he sold the boat. And from this money that he sold, got from for the boat he bought himself a Leica oh. with a super lens or two super lenses I don't know and okay. it cost a fortune yes and he's since then he's been and even on his trip down from Arles from the south of France all the way up to Berlin he's been sending me once a week I would say seven pictures on in fact it happens to be WhatsApp mm-hmm and I must admit, now I'm saying something that I uh, denied in advance, but these pictures, I'm, I always give a good response to them. Yeah, you take them seriously. I take them serious. I always pat him on his shoulder. Yeah. And they're from the Tate Modern in London, from Speaker's Corner in London, from the Sharp, that one, that big, I don't know if it's a wonderful building, but that Sharp in London, mm -hmm. uh, famous architecture. Uh, and people in the subway and so on and these pictures are fantastic and he's doing it and now he's got at least 10 times he got there 100 pictures okay and he's doing it for himself and he's not making any money but he's he's certainly got a good web page yeah with these pictures and they're all different but they all have a a sort of a field of yes, a field of, of, of observance. Yeah. He's observing his town. Mm. Nothing special. It's London. It's only London. <laughs> but that's the magic about it. It can, it people can show looking other at people how you look. Yeah, people from behind watch uh, looking at a picture in the tape, modern. Mm. And all of a sudden that picture becomes that he's taking of the picture with people standing in front of the picture gets a little story yeah. and especially when you put the next picture next to his picture and the next picture he took and all of a sudden you're there and and it becomes like a like um what do you call it it becomes something that takes over your mind it's it's uh, something that becomes um, a profession mm -hmm. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Okay. What's the what may we know the name of this photographer? Rainer Geister. Rainer Geister. Um need, might need to check them out <laughs> and see his work. I'd love to say. Yeah. I just can, I can show you. Curious about it. Um Okay. Well. Um uh, 
Can I give another example? Yes, please. After studies, now I'm going back again. Aha, uh -huh. back and forth. My friend who became a well-known photographer, Holger Eckstein, mm -hmm. Holger Eckstein, who I haven't seen for years. Maybe one day somebody will know him and say, there's a guy called Mike he talked about. We haven't, haven't, unfortunately, we haven't got any contact anymore. Okay. Nothing serious, just, just not. life drifted apart. Sure. And Holger and I, we, we had a, a communication together, which was absolutely fantastic. We knew exactly what the other was thinking, what he was going to say, if he was going to turn left or right. And we had a super time during our studies. And as soon as that finished, our studies were over and we, he sold his car. Yeah. He had a, a Renault or something and I had a Citroen and we sold our cars and we cancelled our newspapers and mm. everything, cancelled the rent and rented out to somebody else. And we bought two tickets. We got a small credit from the bank and we went off to America. And in New York, we bought a car, big eight-cylinder station wagon. Supercar it was. Oh. AMC Matador in metallic blue. Oof. Sunburnt it was. <laughs> Half the paint was Sounds missing. Sexy. And we bought this, this car and it was absolutely fantastic. And it, apart from one shock absorber for $60, it took us round America for two, 22,000 miles. Anti-clockwise. Okay. We started in New York and then we went, lived in Chelsea Hotel, uh, and then we went up to New England, somebody we had met during our skiing holidays um, and invited there in New Haven. His mm. father was professor at the university there. And then we went off to Canada and then we went all the way down San Francisco, back Uber, uh, back over Uber, back over St. Louis, Louisville, and then back to New York. Mm. And then we sold the car. We put a sign in the back for sale. This journey was... was uh, without thinking at the time was something we wanted to fill with photography we wanted to take pictures on the road and so on and so on yeah. but we we found so many people and we we talked to, to so many people on the way yeah where are you from are oh, we from germany ah oh, my father was in hanover and so on ever so friendly a wonderful place to be uh quite different to what we hear in the news nowadays with, mm. with, uh, with politicians and so on. Yeah. The names I don't want to know. I think everybody knows the name I'm not saying. Um, and without re realizing what was happening, all of a sudden this trip was not just a fun trip or a sightseeing trip, yeah. became a job. Okay. And it became, we, for example, we went into, we came into one village. I don't remember where it was, into a village. And then we went past the fire station. And for some reason we stopped and I looked in the window and there was an old fire engine mm. with a bell and a sort of roundish thing out of the 60s. A wonderful, wonderful truck it was with gold letter painting and so on on the side. Yeah. And we made up a story about this fire engine. We said, just look at this location here, these wooden houses and the the cable car or cables over the road and so on, and the trees there in the background. And we said, wouldn't it be nice if we could get this tram, this, this, this fire engine, with all the firemen standing left and right on the fire engine, mm -hmm. with the driver, 
yeah. with a ladder. It had a ladder on the top and a bell outside and so on. Yeah. And an old lady dressed as an old lady with gray hair and a nice Sunday hat and a dog on the leash. Yeah. A little, it was a Yorkshire Terrier, white one. Mm-hmm. If they're white, I don't know. It was one of these, these things you put in the front basket of a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, I think they're. <laughs> <laughs> and we had the fire engine stand there. And every the man out of the on the on the, on the driver's side, mm. looking out of the window, asking the lady who was standing three quarters in front of the this red wonderful fire engine on a Sunday morning, no traffic. They came out early to do the shot with us, uh, asking the lady for the way. Yeah, where's the fire? And she's had a purse and a dog, and she was pointing in some direction and we okay. got it beforehand yeah. to point in that direction and that direction and the firemen on the back they were all pointing in a different direction oh. and the fireman in the car was scratching his head and yeah. so on so it was a little story we made up and it became a wonderful wonderful picture oh. a lot of it was Holger's part and a lot of it was my part yeah. and we did these pictures together the nice thing is, not only was it turned out to be a nice picture, but we did a lot of pictures like this. Yeah. And a lot of creative ideas on the road. Yeah. Just taking a subject and making something out of them. Yeah. Like a project. And what was nice about it, we had to find the old lady. Mm-hmm. We had to find the chief fireman of the village. We had to find the location. We had to get a permit, which was not so difficult because we had the fire engine on our side, the, the fireman on our side. <laughs> we had to ha- get the six, or I think it was about six or seven, eight uh, firemen, all dressed up in their in their uniform and 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 ready to fight a fire. Yeah. And we had to get them on a Sunday morning, sunset outside, to do this picture with us. Mm. That's again your your need for solving. And all of a sudden, fire. there was something happened. And when I came back from these, and it was three months, when I came back, I was missing this job that I had mm-hmm. during this time in America. Nice. And it was it became a job. It became a job going through the through through America and seeing these pictures all of a sudden. Mm. But that's that's so awesome. You saw the picture in your mind and you just had to... Well, you've got a fire engine. What are you going to do with this fire engine? If yeah. we can get hold of this fire engine, the rest of the story is easy. Yeah. And it happened with a lot of things. Mm. It reminds me of this uh, famous photo book called Americans. You know this? Uh, I, I don't remember right now um, the photographer, but it's... Uh, so it's a very famous called the Americans. I, uh, I'll I'll show you later. Um, and but it's the same. The photographer got in a car, drove through America. Uh, also, like I think it was the sixties, seventies, and he pretty much did in one project just he portrayed the American society in a handful of images, mm-hmm. like right. But he did thousands. Thousands and thousands of images. And it took like 20, 30. Whatever you do, is it becomes a, a habit. It becomes um, a need to do it. 
I have a, a few artist friends. And I have one artist, for example, he is absolutely top of, top of whatever, all the things that I know, mm -hmm. fantastic. And sometimes he says, I'm, I, he's come to an age now where he says, I'm going to stop. I said, you can't stop. You're in a, you're in a process. And whatever age you are in at the moment is, is still part of this, sorry, still part of this process. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't just finish now. You can't put everything in eBay and sell it or put it in a box and burn it or put it in a, another box and put it into a, into a storage place. You're in a process and that will never stop. Yeah. You can't stop being whatever moral finger you are. And he is a moral finger because it does a lot of work about atomic energy and about the oh. changing of the world and so okay. on. So that's never going to stop anyway. It's trying to stop being who you are. Like, oh, let's stop being Lucas. What? No, you can't. You can't. You can't do that. But you can change the direction sure. just as you can change your style and the clothes mm. and what shoes you wear and how you walk and... and uh, how you lift your head or you look down to the ground, uh, that these things can be changed. Mm. There's a lot of people there who can help you do this if you are aware and if it's a necessity for you. Mm. I like that. Well, I like that you added this uh, North American story of yours. I think that was, apart from that sailing trip, was one of the most Well, in fact, that was the most important. I didn't think of it before. Yeah. And it has more to do with photography. The other one has to do with psychology. Yeah, with being human and yeah. other people in society. Knowing the people around you. Yeah. Um, so far, I've loved our conversation. I've liked it. I've, <laughs> liked, I've liked your questions. <laughs> oh, nice. And I think, in fact, what you are doing here, and I know you've already got 18 interviews that you're mm -hmm. doing, you've, you've done already, or I think I'm number 18, which is, it sounds to be a good number for me. <laughs> <laughs> Young again, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Young again. No, it sounds to be a good number. Number 18 is nice. Just imagine you have a house and it's, it's a so-and-so street number 18. It's, it sounds good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yes. um, I think it's, this is also creativity it's also nice to start something you don't know if anybody's interested is there anybody out there listening what's the response are they going to say what's this crap that we're listening to or are they going to say that's interesting that was a that was an interesting conversation i hope i had the or used this opportunity to do the best picture i could mm -hmm. yeah. and in in language and in my thoughts yes. and keeping things together and keeping my concentration up Uh, you did a great job. <laughs> uh, I didn't want. To, I didn't say that to get a pat on the shoulder, but that, that what you are doing is being creative. You're you're doing something. You've started something, and who knows what's going to happen out of this? Yeah, definitely. That's the exciting part of it. Yeah, uh, you don't know. You're a reporter at the moment, and you're trying to. I think you're trying to figure out something for yourself and for other people who are interested and maybe think in your way, you're trying to give them a few answers mm. from people that you know or you don't know. And through these, you, it's, it's, it's like a treasure box. Yeah. Your collection is like a treasure box. Yeah. Totally agree with you. It works yeah. both ways. <laughs> yeah. Answers for me and for everyone that's listening. Um, 
We are getting towards the end of the episode. Um, I would love to invite you to uh, share with the listeners, um, if you want, where they can find um, the studio if they happen to need. Well, I hope they don't take it too serious about they get the studio for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) No, it wasn't a joke. It's people I I know and people I I observe working in my studio for other people. And I know that one day they're going to have their own jobs. Yeah. And I think it's always good. Like my photographer said, what? You've got a job? Super. What camera do you need? What lens? Yes. What equipment do you need? You need a tripod? So and so. And that was nice to sort of go into his studio. I knew where everything was anyway mm. and do my job. Mm. And I think it's um, nice to be able to be in, a, be in a situation to help other people find their own way. Yeah. I mean, it definitely shows of kindness to give a hand, especially to young people that don't have that many. You can't do this if you're options. standing with your back against the wall. Yes. You can only do this if you have something in your own box that you can share. Yeah. yeah. No, but... Um, Treasure trunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I wanted to... Yes, if people want to find out about your studio. Yes. How can they do that? Cologne Loft, Mike Christian. Okay. Just... Google it, website. In fact, it could be the other way around. It could be Loft Cologne. I'm not quite sure at the moment. <laughs> but one of the two, Cologne, C-O-L-O-G-N-E, yeah. um, Cologne Loft, Loft Cologne, Mike Christian. Okay. And the Mike is spelled M-I-K-E, not M-A-I-K-E. Uh, it's the English Mike. And uh, if they find the right studio, then it's got a red and white uh, wall outside or no 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 tablecloth on the left hand oh, side okay and then you're in the right place okay nice um so there you go i'll for sure uh link everything up um for you guys so you can find it straight away uh with an old social post and in the description of the episode for sure um i'd like to give a last chance to share whatever you feel like we might have missed out on or um you maybe wanted to share as well. You want to become a photographer, then do it. I think that's the only thing. Get a camera. It doesn't have to be the best. It doesn't have to be the smallest. It doesn't have to be the biggest. It doesn't have to be, ah, I work with a so-and-so. Get a camera, go out there and take pictures. And from these pictures, sort out your best and present them. And do your thing. Or work in some other business who knows maybe you don't it's not the right thing to become a photographer uh, just because you want to become a stewardess you don't have to it's not maybe the right thing or you want to become a pilot it's not maybe the right thing or a fireman as yeah. a child and you have an, an idea be whatever you want to be but find out and express it and put it into words and do it and Keep your focus on it. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure. <laughs> Has been really great. Thank you for being here, for making the time. Thank you for the invitation. Um, this has been awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I definitely have. My name's Lucas, and this was a creative cast. And my name's Mike Christian. <laughs>
always got to have the last word. 